What's going on guys? And today we're gonna go over a couple things. Uh, first, reaction to the last dance, and then the talks about the MLB season, what we think is gonna happen there, and the NHL plan to come back. So, hockey is coming back, baseball is on the fringe, and people are still torn about the MJ and LeBron, LeBron debate. So, here we go. We'll start with the last dance. Um, I, I thought uh, I thought this documentary was awesome. I'm pretty sure everyone thought it was awesome, unless you're a LeBron stan. Because in that way, I've seen a lot of LeBron people just rip this documentary, saying that MJ played against no competition. MJ was a bad teammate. MJ was a bad person off the court. And I just think it's just ludicrous. I think the whole debate between the two is ludicrous. Listen, they're both great players. Personally, I think MJ's the GOAT. I used to think it was LeBron, but that's because I didn't really know much about MJ because I didn't grow up watching MJ. I grew up still today watching LeBron. But the more I looked into it, the more I watched MJ stuff, and then this documentary really solidified it for me that MJ's to go. But if if people think that LeBron is, I really don't have a problem with it because LeBron is is fantastic, and he's the best basketball player I have ever seen in in my own two eyes because I didn't watch MJ. But I get their argument. Um, I don't have a problem with that. I think LeBron's the second best player of all time. But a lot of a lot of LeBron fans are very insecure about this whole documentary and stuff like that. But you know, the takeaway I got from it is that MJ was just so goddamn competitive. I mean, making up stories to get himself fired up, constantly being on his teammates' asses. I mean, the guy just wanted to win. That's all he did. And if he didn't take a 18 months off, he probably would have won eight titles in a row. And if he won eight titles in a row, I really don't think there'd be people saying LeBron's better than him. Um, there, there probably would still be a few, but not as nearly as many. Um, MJ was just a pure winner. All he did was win. His biggest flaw was, oh, he gambled and smoked off the court. And he was hard on teammates. Okay. What's LeBron's biggest flaw? Um, he's three and six in finals, but you know, his first finals against San Antonio, that's honestly one of his best accomplishments that 07 season, getting that terrible Cavs team to the finals, scoring 25 straight against the Pistons. That's honestly one of LeBron's best accomplishments. So I don't fault him for that. His second finals loss against the Mavericks though, is by far his biggest stain on his resume. I mean, he only averaged 15 points. That series and LeBron fans will say, Oh, you averaged 15 and 10. Well, okay. Fucking Rajon Rondo numbers. Who cares? I mean, he only put up eight points in game four. They mocked Dirk for being sick. And, you know, LeBron's biggest accomplishment is by far coming back from three down against Golden State. But no one talks about the fact that LeBron was the favorite in that series against the Mavericks in 11. 
and lost three straight. Three straight. No one talks about that. He lost three straight because he averaged 15 points and only put up eight points in game four. That's a huge stain in my book. Kobe would have never done that. Magic didn't do that. Bird didn't do that. Jordan certainly didn't do that. Um, so that's the biggest stain I have for LeBron. And LeBron fans will get mad and be like, oh, that's the only argument you bring up. Well, that's the only one I freaking need or MJ fans need. I mean, eight points, 15 points in the finals. If they won that finals, he wouldn't have even been finals MVP. It would have been D-Wade. So that's the biggest stain for LeBron. You know, he did lose to Golden State. Um, was it three times or is it two? Yeah, I know 15, right, because Kyrie broke his knee kneecap and then love was out the whole playoffs after the first game i believe he broke his shoulder or dislocated his shoulder because kelly olenic so he didn't have a full squad he did take him to six with delhi again impressive and then next year he came back 3-1 and i believe they got durant yeah and then they then they beat, beat lebron again but i mean that team's just stacked um and Obviously, last year he didn't make the playoffs with the Lakers because he was hurt. And then this year they're rolling as the one seed. But, you know, um, this this documentary really solidified for me that Jordan's the GOAT. Uh, the flu game, you know, again, LeBron fans. He wasn't really sick. He was hungover. It still doesn't matter. He put on a great performance and fucking won the game. So it doesn't matter if he had the flu, the cold, coronavirus. Does it matter? No, because he still won. Um, and then beating Utah the next year, his last championships, the you know the shot over Brian Mitchell. That's a huge accomplishment because Rodman was hurt. They were on the ropes, and that last minute of the game, Jordan hits a, I believe a layup, and he had a, or was it a three? A layup, a steal, and then the shot. Um, I mean, that's all you need right there. The man was six for six. Um, that's the only argument you need. He was six for six. He's a winner. He's a bona fide winner. And people are like, oh, LeBron's a better all-around player. Really? Because Jordan was a better offensive and defensive player. LeBron's made five all-first-team defenses. Jordan made nine and one defensive player of the year. So LeBron's never done that. He's not a better offensive player. Well, his numbers are better. Well, yeah, because he entered the league at 18. The defense in the league nowadays is non-existent. And the playoff series, all of them in the first round have been extended to seven games. Back then it was just five. So he's played more games. So yes, LeBron's stats are going to be better than Jordan's. And that's a testament to LeBron. His longevity is absurd. It's his best argument for the GOAT. He's been the best player in the league for 18 years. There's no doubt about it. That's his best argument. But this, I thought this documentary was awesome. Rodman looked... Looked great. I mean, he's just Dennis Rodman. Uh, Pittman, Pippen's pissed off about how he's portrayed, but, I mean, he did it to himself. He, he took himself out of two games 
he, he just couldn't be – he was never a one. He was always a two, and he's probably the best two to ever live, and there's nothing wrong with that. But he, he was no one. Um, Horace Grant's pissed off. Isaiah Thomas is pissed off. Isaiah Thomas is always pissed off. No one likes Isaiah Thomas in the first place. So I don't understand why it's such a big deal that Jordan didn't want to play with him on the Dream Team. No one likes Isaiah Thomas. No one. Except for the Pistons. Other than that, no one likes the dude. So, uh, this documentary was fantastic. Um, taught me a lot of things about Jordan because I didn't, I didn't grow up watching Jordan, so I didn't know a lot of this stuff. But uh, I think Kobe resembles him way more than LeBron. I think LeBron's much more of a Magic Johnson, personality-wise and playing style. So, overall, uh, this documentary was just one of the best things I've watched. Um, I don't think... It's going to be very hard for anything else to top it as a sports documentary. Um, I know Brady's going to have one uh, next year. LeBron will obviously have one. They'll probably make one, probably splice and dice to try to get one for Kobe. I would think so. But overall, uh, what I took away from the documentary is Jordan's a goat. He's super competitive. Phil Jackson is a hell of a coach to be able to manage all those personalities onto one team. And um just the name, just how the game has changed. I mean back then you had big men like Hakeem and Ewing and David Robinson. Now it's just a bunch of small ball three pointers. And, you know, the game has changed. The game has changed. But uh I still think Jordan's the GOAT. So you know you guys can let me know what you think. Where you lie on this Jordan-LeBron debate. But yeah. Uh, next we'll go over the MLB shit that's going on right now. Um, I don't want to talk about this too much because I'm going to be honest. I haven't read too much into it because it just gives me a headache. Um, but what I understand is the owners want to cut back the player salaries by 70% so they can avoid laying off uh, you know, a ton of their workers and kind of make up for all that lost revenue that they've lost. And I understand the players being upset. You know, 70% pay cut is significant. I mean, that's a huge amount. Um, but overall, I think if they don't take the deal or play this season, it's going to look terrible on them. This is a great chance for baseball to grow the game because all eyes are on baseball right now. But they're, again, taking a giant piss on it. And, you know, that's what happens when you run by a bunch of old, old-fashioned old guys that don't like to change or adapt or are too traditional, man. I mean, that, that's been baseball's problem, and it's evident here. I mean, these guys don't want to play for 70% pay cut. I get it. 70% is a huge amount. But it's just for one year. One year. And you're just going to look bad if you don't take it. If you don't play this year, the players are going to look terrible. And people are are just going to be turned off by baseball even more. So, it's a tough situation for the players. I get it. I know they're like, oh, the owners are you know, still going to get money. But we have to take 70%. Listen, that's just how it is, man. The boss is always going to get paid first. That's just how it is. 
They just got to suck it up for one year. That's all I'm asking. Just nut up. I know. I get it. 70%. I get it. I would be pissed off too. But it's just one year, guys. I mean, come on. Please. Really. Put your egos aside. Put your pride aside. I know it's a big pay cut. I understand. I'm not, you know, totally against their argument. I understand it. But it's just one season. Just nut up and go out there and play some ball. And if you went out and played some ball, the numbers would be off the charts. I mean, everyone would be glued in to watch baseball. You can grow your game. And if you grow your game, you're going to get even more money in the years to come. So, you know, it is what it is. There's some people already saying, oh, man, this is not going to happen. I still have hope that it's going to happen. There's just too much money on the line for it not to happen. But we'll see. They're being uh, pretty stubborn. I'm with the owners on this one. But I also I, I also get the players' argument. I do. I'm not anti-player here. But I think they just need to nut up for one season. And it will go a long way. So. And then finally to wrap up. Um, as you guys may not know, I'm a huge hockey fan. I absolutely love hockey. So much. Grandma's Canadian. She got me into it. I love hockey. And they are coming back with a 24-team playoff set format. And I couldn't be more excited. I mean, after the NFL, the NHL is my favorite league by far. More than baseball. More than the NBA. Not even close. Um, They're going to do 24 teams. So there's going to be top four seeds in every West and East uh, Eastern Conference. And then there will be, a, I believe it's best of five play-in game between five through 12 on each, um, in each conference. And then the winner, obviously, will, you know, the winner of five, 12 will go and play the one. And then, or not the one. I don't know exactly the format. I don't have it in front of me. But it's a great setup. I'm very happy hockey. Regular season's over. You know, the teams that are on the borderline – we're going to give you a chance to get in the playoffs, and they did. Thankfully, my Canucks are right there, so hopefully uh, they can make a run for the Cup. That would be awesome. But I'm just happy that hockey is coming back. There's are going to have two hub cities, one Eastern and one for the Western Conference. Um, those cities are like Vancouver, Edmonton, Las Ve- Vegas, Los Angeles, um, stuff like that. So I'm very happy and excited that hockey is coming back. And, hell, this might be a chance for hockey to grow the game. I mean, they might take advantage of of something baseball isn't going to. So, very happy for NHL to come back. That's why I love the league. Um, So, yeah, we're going to have sports back soon. NBA is going to come back. They're looking at Orlando, Disney World to hold their site. I hope they go to a uh, 16-seed tournament format. I've always been for that. The Eastern Conference is such garbage. Who the hell wants to watch the Orlando Magic and the Toronto Raptors? No one. No one. All right. Let's let's put the Bucks against, you know, the Thunder or some shit like that. I mean, it's just a better form. If everyone's going to be in the same location, you might as well do one for 16. There's no point in having Eastern versus Western. I mean, the only point of that is to cut down travel in the playoffs, right? So, you know, overall, 
Sports is coming back. Football is going to have a, a full season. So, very good news, guys. Hopefully, baseball can get their act together so we can get some baseball in, too. But other than that, you know, the last dance was awesome. Hockey's coming back. Baseball's coming back. Football's going to have a season. And baseball's a question mark. So, that's where we are right now. Um, really not going to... That's pretty much it for this episode. Um, I don't know when I'll have another one because there's really not much to talk about. Um, once the whole NHL thing is set, I'll have a preview of that for you hockey lovers. I might be the only one, so I might be talking to myself, but that's fine with me. I love hockey, and uh, I'll go through a breakdown of that. And the NBA. And the NBA, once, once that gets all settled and the dates are settled, we'll have uh, preview episodes for both those uh, leagues' playoffs. So other than that, you know... Things are looking positive, guys, and uh, thanks for listening, and uh, until next time, I'll see you.